it's a wheel. And if we don't have all parts of the wheel making contact and making this integrated with the school and the parents and the parent helpers and getting that information to the photographer beforehand, that would make this all just work so much better. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. We have three guests here with us today. Frank Lombardo, the National Photography Manager, and two of his team, Aaron and Steve from Interstate Studio and Publishing Company. Frank and I connected a few years ago when I was reminded of my own school photo experience after hearing numerous discussions come up about the unpleasantness of school photos. It may be strange to hear how traumatic a school photo can be, especially if your own experience was only one of fun anticipation and excitement. While I was extremely bummed out to hear kids still having the same kinds of things come up, photographers asking them to remove their hats, support staff not being knowledgeable about alopecia, no real communication between home and school, and the results being a photo where it's evident the child is just not a happy camper. I wanted to know who to talk to and what could be done to change things. I found Frank in the follow-up conversations I had with him and his wholehearted openness to make a school and sport photos a better experience for children with alopecia was so easy. I'm happy to have all three team members share with all of us today. I am here today with Frank Lombardo and a few of his team members, Aaron and Steve, from Interstate Studio and Publishing. And a few years ago, I talked to Frank about school photos. There were a lot of things and questions coming up on Facebook groups about kind of horror stories that were coming up with kids who were just being asked to take their hats off and things like that. I found Frank and he was so willing to listen and he was so interested in figuring out how we could help kids with alopecia feel more comfortable during photographs. So I just want to welcome all three of you here today and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Going off that, we deal with so many different children, a couple million per year that we photograph and any way we can make our process better to make children more comfortable and make the photographers understand the things that they do maybe unintentionally without knowing. And so part of that is always part of our training and that's what we do and do best together. I think we can help in so many ways, but that being said, there's always challenges with everything. And, you know, when we started this a few years back, obviously the world sort of stopped a few months after that. So it, none of that was really incorporated into our training because it was so focused on all of the the other things in life that we have to deal with. But we're happy to help in any way we can. Yeah, I love that. And thank you so much. I mean, you're saying you photograph a couple million kids every year. And, and this is for school photos. And do you guys do sport photos as well? We do. We do. Okay. So you're going to see a lot of different kids in a lot of different situations. And I think your experience as far as seeing kids with alopecia was pretty minimal, right? When we first talked? 
Very minimal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we didn't even know how to address it or handle it or even bring it up without being offensive or, you know, making anyone uncomfortable. So it, mm-hmm. it really interested me because I really had no idea. And since then, I do have a relative, a second cousin who has had alopecia and still does and obviously has come out about it. And mm-hmm. she was always wearing a wig and we never knew. Right. So it even makes me more curious on, you know, how to deal with it and discuss it and not make people feel uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. That was a big plus for me to get back involved with you and, and then just strategize how we can help. Yes. Thank you. You mentioned that we have photographers that come in and, and it really is seasonal, right? I mean, you're not having, you're not really retaining photographers year after year after year necessarily. And so the training is all about like, you got to get them before they go out into the field and start working with kids because otherwise they don't know what to expect when that happens and they handle it poorly on occasion. And so um, something that I implemented when I started talking to you was like, okay, we're not going to be able to reach every single photographer out there, but where can it start? And I noticed when I started asking questions that Things like notes weren't going to school, right? Because a lot of the time teachers take picture day off and they do like an in-service day or they do some type of planning away from the classroom. And so there's usually a substitute there. So they're not the normal teacher who are with their kids all the time. And I don't know if you have seen that. I mean, I'm sure on occasion, yeah, some of them do, but I really did not know that or think of that. I'm sure that they do want to run for the hills. I know the coaches... (laughs) definitely don't care for picture day as far as sports, right? They prefer to just let us handle it. And sometimes things can get a little unruly, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, the school teachers, I haven't found that all of them take the day off. Have you guys, either of you, Aaron or Steve, have you guys ever had that happen where you had a a mass exodus of teachers? (laughs) (laughs) Some schools more than others, but yeah, if they can get away with it, they often do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, no, I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, thank you for filling us in. (laughs) I only say that because there's a wheel, right? And you go, okay, there's the photographer, but it really starts at the level with the kid, right? How comfortable is the child having school photos? Because I remember they were just like horrible for me. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I have to stand in this long line. And I think I remember talking to you, you know, you're standing in line, you've got maybe a bald spot developing at the back of your head, or, and you might be wearing a hat or, or whatever. And you don't know what the photographer is going to say to you when you finally get there. Right. And back in the day, back in the seventies, they used to like brush your hair and everything too. They used to, you know, like style you to look presentable, whatever that might look like. And, and it just never really worked for me. It was, it was kind of a nightmare. And I can tell you that that was a very familiar story as I met other people with alopecia as an adult. And they were talking about picture day and just, oh, as it starts with the child, we have to know how comfortable they are. Do they even want to take photos? Right. I mean, sometimes they're forced, you know, you got to take your school group photo. There's that. And, and sometimes kids just don't want the photos, but their parents want something to kind of say, this is second grade, third grade, whatever grade it is. And also with school sports, of course, you want to have that team photo, but as they're in line, We're hoping that the parent volunteers also are very familiar with what's going on because a lot of the time parent volunteers are there. That's true, right? For you guys, that's your experience? Yes. Yeah. And they actually are 
a big help for us as far as keeping the kids groomed and keeping them in line. And we're not allowed to touch the kids. We're not allowed to do anything. In fact, with COVID, we intentionally have our equipment set up six feet away to be socially distanced. So all of these new challenges came in, but yeah, we, you know, as photographers, we didn't even realize this was happening or to the extent it was happening and not really realizing the feelings that these kids were dealing with. And it's not just, your school picture, that picture also goes in for their library card Mm -hmm. and their lunchroom card and all of those identifiers they need from that photo. So it goes on to so many other services that get applied that the school needs it for. It may go for power school, right? So then they keep track of their grades and there's their photo. Mm -hmm. And so it applies to so many things that people don't really think about, right? right? And so, yeah, it's a big deal, especially if you're not comfortable with what was going on. And if your mom or dad wasn't there to explain, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, my son or daughter has alopecia and this is what's going on. And they really, they're not aware and they just don't know. And they're just going about their day because we have a whole 30 seconds to a minute per kid. Okay, We plan, we plan for one minute per child, okay. as long as the school is okay with that. And most are, because that's about the amount of time we need to get their name, get their information, put in their package that they have chosen, if they have, and then sit them down, make sure their hair and clothes are good. And it takes every bit of that minute, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And not but, including those feelings, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's a lot to put on, especially someone who's a fly-by-night photographer that may not stay with us. Many Mm -hmm. of them do Mm -hmm. because we are a family-owned company. And I want to say about half are transient where they don't stay and they come in and out or they leave us for a while and come back. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we do the best we can with the time we have. And that's really the best we can do, right? right? But if we have more tools in our toolbox, like from you, gosh, who knows where we can take it. I'm really impressed by the way with 30 seconds to a minute. I mean, like that, that's kind of nuts to think about to, to go, wow, they have to do this within this time. And, and it does feel a bit like an assembly line, I'm sure. Right. I mean, you're just like, get them in, get them in. In an ideal situation, what would be easiest? Let's just say in 2022, because we're at the end of 2021 right now, <laughs> starting the season. Cause I mean, sports season just goes year round, but School photos start in usually August, September, right? Late June, some schools, July, really. We're starting in some wow. parts of the country. Gosh, right I didn't after. even think about that. Yeah. So you're just, an, it's year round. So, uh, yeah, much. there's a, a big chunk. And, and because of what's happened with COVID, we've actually had to extend our season out because some schools wouldn't let us in or we were photographing outside in the parking lot under tents. Mm, Um, The complexity of it has changed dramatically. And it's definitely added to the challenges that we already had. Right. Right. And then not including that time. And, and, and again, yeah, like it could take some kid 30 seconds just to say his name, if he can communicate, if he speaks English. Right. right? right. And Mm -hmm. so we have all of these different things that come into play Mm -hmm. and Usually there's a teacher or a parent that can help us or someone that is available, but that notification to those people in the school and giving the photographer a heads up because we may photograph a couple hundred kids in a day, mm-hmm. but maybe only one and two, three in the whole school 
may have these other issues going on, mm-hmm. whatever their special needs might be, right? right? And so we've already actually, the three of us went through training for special needs students that are autistic or dealing with other, you know, social challenges. But mm-hmm. in many cases, we would never know because some kids just want to wear a hat. They want to look right. cool. And that's where we get pushback from the student. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's our, it's always our thing. Like, okay, well, we'll take one with the hat and then maybe let's try one without, you know, and just try it both ways just to cover ourselves. Cause we just don't know. We have right. no idea. In many cases we'll get yelled at for them wearing the hat. Right. Uh, right. I know? can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have those challenges as well. So that's why we're always trying to play the devil's advocate and say, okay, can we just do it this way? And then we'll, we'll do it for you. And then we'll do one for the school like this, because they mm-hmm. might not allow a hat. Right. Um, right. So there's always that catch 22 going back and forth. And I love that you give them options. I mean, I think that it's really important with a child who has alopecia and is wearing a hat to know that they, they can just say, no, I have alopecia. And a lot of the time they're so shy. It may be a new diagnosis to them and they might not be able to advocate for themselves yet if your photographers were to kind of understand. And a lot of the parents of the same situation, they they may not want to see their child in a hat, right? No matter what kind of loss they're having. And so I like the idea of, you know, taking one with the hat first and then giving them the option. And, you know, comfort is key. I always say, if they say no, just say, okay. You know, <laughs> like, right. I mean, because That's- I never in a million years personally would have wanted to remove my hat. I had patches and, and unruly hair and and it worked for me. And I have several pictures of that. And then I have wig pictures too. So, you know, there's that that comes next is wigs. You guys don't touch the kid's hair, which is great because that's a whole other thing that, that you deal with. Right. But yeah, I love that that you guys are just so open and wanting to know how to make a better experience. I do have one comment from parents. Actually, it's it's a pretty common thing where they say, how come they don't like put a filter on? And I'm not a photographer myself, so I don't know, but there's always shine on the kid's bald head if they're completely bald. So do you guys consider that too? Should you come across 100% 100% bald head. So, you know, we get that sometimes even with the adult men, mm-hmm. um, right? They have that issue. We do train for it. So we say, if there isn't any hair, turn off the hair light. And the hair light is there primarily to separate the subject from the background. Because it's all green screen, it makes it easier for that separation when you have that backlight, just as a little wink of light, but Obviously, it's going to reflect more if you don't have hair. Mm -hmm. If you have blonde hair, it tends to be brighter because it's absorbing more of that light and going through it. And darker subjects, darker hair, obviously, it's barely noticeable. So that level can't really be changed, only turned off. And in some cases, if you turn it off and you're so crazy and someone comes up to you and says, oh, by the way, and you forget to turn it back on. And then right. no one no one has the glare, so don't even worry about <laughs> it. Um, and that's happened to me. I've made that mistake where someone has asked me a question because a school picture day is probably one of the most chaotic things if you're not a photographer. And if you're mm-hmm. just a parent, and I'm a parent, I have three boys. But if you're a parent from the outside looking in, the photographers are under tremendous pressure Mm -hmm. because they have this limited time, this limited window, and they have 500 kids to photograph or a thousand kids to photograph in that school. And there may be two or three of them. Some are newer, some are veterans. 
And so they can get through the process faster, but we have kids about to get on a bus, right? And we're still trying to photograph and capture mm-hmm. them all. Mm-hmm. So there's all of these, these chaotic moments. And sometimes parents not even really realizing this photographer is working and he's focused on something and they have a question about the package they bought and the right. background, <laughs> right? Which is worthless without a good picture. So if we don't right. capture Absolutely. that smile. And our focus is the expression, the smile, making sure everything's clean and tidy, you know. And we got kids that just went out to recess and they got mud on them or they just had lunch and there's food (laughs) on their face, breakfast still, you know. So there's all these different pressures that those people are under. And just any way for that parent to send them a message and a clue that, hey, handle my child with care because of this. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee everyone that we train would be open to that because they really are a wonderful group. And we have about six or 700 photographers in the fall that cuts back in the, in the spring because we do do spring photos, but we individually each train a third of the country. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a lot to get in and capture and get going and business for a little bit there because the schools were closed, we weren't even sure if we were going to work. Right. Right. And we Mm -hmm. had to figure out a new way to even train because we weren't able to travel and we weren't able to be there in person to show people, okay, this is how you set everything up. So now it's all virtual like this. But I think with the advent of videos and informational stuff from you, we can apply that and integrate that into our training and get that information out to people And Mm -hmm. maybe help them help us, right? Because it's not that they don't want to do it. It's they don't know how. They're under so much pressure that there's no time unless they're cued in on it. Right. Um, Because even the three of us, if we weren't notified or told somehow, we could miss it. We could Mm -hmm. make a mistake and mess it up. Right. Even though between the three of us, there's like a hundred years of photography experience. Right. (laughs) It's that much chaos going on. And yeah, we just want to do the best that we can for that family. Is there anything you guys want to add to that? Anything you could? Frank, I'd I'd say I'd have to agree with you in the sense that we love notes from home and we train our photographers to look out for those notes and read them thoroughly and respect the requests that are in those notes. So I like to tell photographers, if parents say, then that's what we do Mm -hmm. in a story. And those notes will clue us in the issues that we just don't realize are there. Like we've said along here, someone could be wearing a hat just because they didn't have time to do their hair in the morning or someone could be wearing a hat for any other reason, the medical reason or whatever the case may be. We do try hard to teach our photographers to be sensitive and to take a moment and think before you make a decision or ask. But those notes from home clarify everything. If I could say anything is, please keep writing those notes from home so we can help you get the best picture of your child that we can possibly get. Aaron, I would would agree. And it also helps the photographer to sort out the difference between that individual customer's needs and the school's overall guidelines that the photographer is being asked to follow. Uh, Some schools will give us a dress code and ask the photographer to sort of 
police that dress code. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's on the photographer's mind. And it's really easy with the school to say no hats or sunglasses allowed, for example. Mm -hmm. And the photographer will immediately be thinking that way. So a note from the family absolutely will help the photographer make a decision to do the right thing for that child then and overrule that school's And of course, the school wouldn't have any problem with that, but the photographer needs that kind of information so they can make a good decision. Thanks to both of you. I think that's fantastic advice. It's funny. I wrote when Aaron was saying, I said, love notes from home. And it says love notes from home. So it's kind of an interesting play on words there. (laughs) I think that that is really where it starts, where you're talking about, you know, the, the child advocating for themselves. But it really is a conversation that the child and the family is having together, and then they're bringing that forward, and they're sharing it with the teacher, whether it be a substitute or their teacher, and then with parent volunteers, and then with the photographer. So it's kind of like it all kind of has to be in place. And then, as you say, you know, you're being educated right now, and you're hoping that your photographers will understand, like, if they hear the word alopecia, they go, okay, that's hair loss. You know, there could be some discomfort around this situation. And it's almost just like knowing the information is is enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's half the battle is knowing that is critical with, with our job because mm-hmm. we're so visual and we are just trying to do the best we can with the time we have. But that's it. Just surrounding that kid with a little bit of love for that 30 seconds to a minute mm-hmm. and drawing out that beautiful expression, that inner light. And that's really what our goal is. But if we do something to damage that or harm that, we obviously don't want to do that at all. It's always been my goal to just make people comfortable. And sometimes you'll get a subject down and you'll start to work with them. And, you know, as you're trying to draw the smile out, you'll see their face start to twitch or something. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa. And you realize, okay, they're not comfortable. Or if you approach them and you're just trying to adjust them, but you hit their bubble, right? Mm -hmm. You'll see them sort of lean back. You realize, oh, I've gotten too close. Mm -hmm. Well, we know how to read those cues because we're experienced, but a newer photographer might not, right? right? So that training is so key, but it's just like you said at the beginning, it's a wheel. And if Mm -hmm. we don't have all parts of the wheel making contact and making this integrated with the school and the parents and the parent helpers and getting that information to the photographer beforehand, that would make this all just work so much better. I think with this education and with this information getting out to people, it will help It'll and it'll help a great deal. So I really appreciate you bringing this to us and having yeah. this help in any way, you know? And I just love that you guys have taken the time with me today and are sharing it with listeners. I have a lot of adult listeners who have been living with alopecia for a long time, but I do have a lot of parents who are listening and look to the podcast for insightful information, things that will help them and resources. So I appreciate that, again, the willingness to be here and to make change and to to be a part of that change. So thank you again. And I will say one thing that you guys might want to think about is a child with alopecia gets asked very often if they have cancer and it's basically cancer is quite serious and you know we're not going to talk that down at all. But the fact that if somebody says to you, oh, do you have alopecia? You might get a perfect picture by their expression because they 
are relieved that somebody has said something and identified it in truth. And so it's really kind of a, a big deal. I think you guys are great in reading body language. We talked about that just now and knowing that you could actually say that and get a more authentic um, yeah. response. So that genuine expression, that. right? Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. I think I've, me, especially, I'm going to take that away and from this conversation and really put that to good use. I think that's a lovely idea because making that connection with a younger person and being understanding might make all the difference in the world. And that excites me so much to even think instead of saying, oh, do you have a medical reason or like you said, right. you have cancer, making that connection with alopecia might just be the thing that gets them. So I'm excited for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for being here with us. Thanks for taking the time and just appreciate all three of you being here. Well, thank you again for having us. Thank you for listening to Alopecia Life today. Thank you to those who wrote in and shared your own school photo experience with me. Listening to what was a problem back in the day and continuing to hear similar stories today is something that needs to change. Thank you to Frank, Aaron, and Steve for helping be a catalyst of change. We appreciate you. Thanks for being here, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.